Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 340 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Touched by Type 1 and the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You can find out right now if you're eligible for an absolutely free meter at contournextone.com. And of course, to see the great works being done by Touched by Type 1, all you have to do is go to touchedbytype1.org. You all are in for a treat today because Darcy is on the show. Darcy is 16 years old. She's had type 1 diabetes for a year, and she's more mature than 15 of you all put together. Her story's crazy. She's really confident, and I really, 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 and I know that they say the best way to communicate is just to say really a bunch of times, but I quite enjoyed this conversation with her. I hope you will too. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I wanted to remind you just briefly of a couple of links that I have set up to help you guys. One of them is diabetesprotip.com. That's where all of the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes that have Jenny and I in them are collected in one place so that it's easy for you to share and revisit. And juiceboxdocs.com, juiceboxdocs.com. What this is, is a growing list of doctors recommended by listeners of the podcast. So endocrinologists, nurse practitioners, People who really get what you're trying to do and will work with you, not fight against you. Hi, I'm Darcy. I'm 16. I'm a junior in high school, and I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes a little under a year ago. Darcy, I love that you're here. Okay. All right. Now let's tell, let me, do you know why I'm so excited that you're on the show? Don't say it if you know why, but do you know why? No. Oh, okay. Excellent. It's even better. All right. Darcy, you are my um you are my ambassador in the world, I have found out. And I am super excited to find out about how you got to that point. You don't even realize it perhaps, but we're going to get to it. So let's start slow, I guess. You're 16 um and you were diagnosed like a year ago? A little under a year ago. How was that? Did that suck? Um yeah, it it kind of sucked. <laughs> were you in school or was it the summertime when it happened? I was in school, but it was the week of Thanksgiving, so I managed to spend my entire Thanksgiving week in the hospital. Did anybody come up to you and say, Darcy, you should think of the things you're so thankful for? No. Good for you. Um, you don't have any really big <laughs> morons in your life. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. so, so were you a sophomore then? Yes, as a sophomore. Wow, Arden's a sophomore right now. So, and now you're a, a junior. Yes. Look at you. You're almost done the high school thing. I don't like to think about it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it goes by so quickly. How'd you do on your PSAT last year? Pretty well? Did pretty well, yeah. Good, good. Are you, is your mom making you take a class, or are you just working on it on your own? She offered the class, and I think, I think I'm going to take her up on that offer. <laughs> what, what kind of, do you know what you want to do in college? Um, I don't know, but 
I've thought about becoming a dietitian and getting a certificate in diabetes nurse education. Um, however, I'm still kind of on the fence of whether or not I want to kind of completely delve into that realm of of diabetes. So I know some people who have diabetes who also help people with diabetes. And they're very great at their job, like really wonderful. But sometimes in the in the background, they'll say, wow, my whole day is yeah is diabetes. Like I don't get any break from it. So it's something to consider. And at the same time, if you're really passionate about helping people, you're going to have an insight that a lot of people wouldn't have. So right. that's cool. And by the way, too, Darcy, and I'm not your dad. You know that. You probably have a father. Um, yeah. But um, y- you shouldn't really know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 16. That's a, a weird idea. Uh, it's, yeah. It's not 1920. You know what I mean? You're not, right. You're not like, right. I think I like Bill and we're going to buy a, <laughs> we're going to get a house and I'm going to make six babies and then we'll probably die in our forties. Like, it's not like that. Right. You know, like, yeah. You don't really need to know right today. Um, <laughs> Arden once said, um, she's like, she's like, you know, if it was a long time ago, I'd probably be married already. I was like, it was a long time ago. You'd probably have a baby already. And she's like, oh my God, really? And I was like, see? Isn't it better being alive now? And she's like, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just think, you know, it's, of course, uh, un- unasked for advice. But I, even my son's a, a sophomore in college right now. And he, I think he's just about to commit to a major. And, you know, we sent him off to school and we're like, look, there's things you're good at and there's things you're not. And go figure out what all those things are. And, you know, just don't wait too long and then pick a path. But you don't need to. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think that you're going to. Yeah. Exactly. Now, did I see before we turned off the um, off the uh, camera that you're a redhead? Is that natural? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Is ginger an offensive term? I don't think so. I know a couple of gingers who get offended by the term, but I've never had a problem with it. Gotcha. I just don't know because I see people use it within their friend group, and it seems to be very friendly. And the red yeah. and the redhead in the scenario always seems to take it well. But then I sometimes hear people say it and I think, is this something people don't like? So I'm just, I'm trying to find out for myself so that I don't misuse it. And you're young, so you understand how the world works better than I do. So I just needed to get that. Yeah, Definitely. Well, yeah, it has nothing to do yeah. with diabetes. Right? It's just like, well, Darcy's here. She can help me with some of my personal stuff. Okay. <laughs> so when you're diagnosed, do they give you, I mean, what kind of gear? What do you go home for leftovers? Do you have like injections or pens or pumps or what do they give you? They... Gave me a box of syringes, um, a vial of Humalog, and a vial of Lantus. Uh, they wanted me to use those vials before I started moving into the pens, but I definitely didn't do that. Um, as soon as I started leaving the house and bolusing outside of my house, I was I was using the pens because I thought that using the vials and syringes might look a little strange. So you were, you were, that's interesting to know. So you were a little put off by what we'll call the sketchy nature of those little plastic syringes. Right. Like visually you were just like, I don't look, I don't want to do this. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I can't say I disagree. They are very, um, they feel like 1970s television while you're looking at them. And, uh, yes. And and you've got to carry the vial with you and then you've got to keep the vial safe. And so all that kind of came into play. I got you. So you went right to your pen. Um, yes. And what are you using right now? I use the Omnipod right now. Oh, very nice. When did you make that switch? I made the switch about 
five months after my diagnosis, I went to a pump training class, made the decision to choose the Omnipod. And probably a month later, I was all ready to go. I was using the PDM to bolus. And it's really amazing how much easier managing your diabetes is Mm -hmm. with a pump. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, And you found the transition from the pens to the pump not difficult? It was a little strange to get used to, but I think that by the time I was ready to transition to the pump, I was so I was so ready to not give myself the shots four times a day, five times a day, mm-hmm. and I was ready to just deal with inserting a cannula once every three days and then be done with it. Were you honeymooning in those first five months? Do you know? Are yes. You still? Are you still? Yes. I am. Yep. Uh-huh. Very nice. Uh, and is it trailing away or is it holding on? It's, it's holding on. I've, I've haven't really experienced any symptoms of, you know, leaving the honeymoon phase. I take about nine units of insulin, of basal insulin a day. So, um, I'm also trying to kind of prolong that honeymoon stage by keeping my numbers in range and yeah. staying within the Dexcom parameters. Gotcha. Where do you have them set at? I have them set at 70 and 130. Oh, where did you get that idea from? Um, I, I got your, uh, I got that idea from the Juicebox podcast. Uh, okay, look at you. I like how you branded your answer. You didn't have to. <laughs> So is your honeymoon situation that that you just aren't using as much insulin as you feel like you would be? Or is it that some days you just don't need any at all? What's the breakdown? How does that work? I, I've talked to a couple of my friends that are also type 1, and I've asked them how much basal insulin they take. And they say that they take about 34 units of basal insulin a day, which I knew would probably kill me. <laughs> I think if you're using nine, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, there are definitely days where I need to use less insulin or there are days where my blood sugar will just kind of stay, you know, really close to 70, but there are also days where my blood sugar will stay really close to 130. And so I'm trying to just, you know, predict as much as I can predict how my blood sugar is going to react that specific day. And I'll kind of base how much basal insulin I'm going to take that day off of how my blood sugars have been reacting. You haven't had any situations where, like, you make a bolus that you expect and then suddenly you're incredibly low or something like that? I have not had that happen yet, and I hope that it doesn't happen. But if it does, I will be ready for it. Look at you. Why are you so um, smart? So let's figure that out for a second. Right, You're 16. Um, yes. People are always like, Arden should come on the podcast. If Arden came on the podcast, she would sit here and be like, I don't want to talk about this. And so like, <laughs> she just wouldn't. Now, maybe that's just because it's my podcast. But um, what? how did you pick this all up so quickly? Like, like, here are my guesses. Your parents are terrible people and you knew you were on your own. Is that one of the possibilities? Maybe. But we're not sure. We'll find out in a second. Uh, <laughs> your parents are really great people and they've instilled a uh, feeling of confidence in you as you grew up and you're like, I can do this. Or you're like a weirdo type A and you don't want anything to go wrong. Like, I can't figure <laughs> out which I'm dying to know which one it is. I'm assuming it very well could be none of what I've just said. 
But why is it that you like like you you're managing this by yourself? Is that right? For the most part, yes. During the waking hours, I am pretty much independent. But my parents are amazing people. Um, not they, day drinkers that you didn't trust. Nothing like that. They're no, no they're not, not day drinkers. Okay. <laughs> okay. No. Um, so I. I was pretty much, as soon as I was diagnosed, I didn't think of managing my diabetes in any other way than just facing it head on and, you know, thinking to myself, well, this is something I'm going to have to deal with and I'm not going to, you know, let it take over my life. But I also want to make sure that I can live a long, happy, healthy life. Yeah. Um, so, so that, well, I'm sorry, but that was an immediate thought to you. Like I, this is got a lot to do with my, my long-term health success. You knew that, right. you knew that right away. Right. And did someone tell you that? Did you Google it? Did you just, did it seem like common sense? It just kind of seemed like common sense to me. I mean, I didn't know what damage had already been done. My A1C was 18 when I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of, I wanted to keep my body in check at least as much as I could to kind of compensate for any damage that could have been done before my diagnosis. Prior to the diabetes, were you like, was that a focus of yours or were you just kind of rolling along like a regular kid and doing Oh that? yeah. I didn't really give my health much thought until I was diagnosed just because I had never had mm -hmm. to give my health much thought. My body just kind of worked. Yeah. And then whenever it didn't, it became one of my top priorities yeah, I guess a, a computer user would say that before diabetes, you were like an Apple computer, and now you're more like a Windows. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? So, I don't know. I've just offended everyone who uses Windows. That's really, that's really amazing that it hit you that quickly. Now, no, did you have any depression, anxiety? Like, did you, like, did you have any real like turmoil around the diagnosis at all? I hope you can take time to go to touchedbytype1.org and look into their programs. They have annual conferences and awareness campaign. They do this great bowling event. There's, of course, their dance program, their huge Dancing for Diabetes show, and the D-Box that they send out to newly diagnosed people. So head over to touchedbytype1.org, find out about their story, maybe even consider supporting them. It's a great organization. Touchedbytype1.org. And then, of course, you need a blood glucose meter that is equal to your wonderfulness. Imagine you walking around just delightful, but you got a blood glucose meter that's only so-so. Hmm, doesn't, that's not okay. Go look in that bag of yours. Reach into your pocket. How long have you had that old tired meter you're using right now? Is it even anywhere near cutting edge? Is it giving you the best results that you possibly could get? I'll tell you right now, if it's not the Contour Next One, I doubt that it's as good as it could be. And you can find out. Simple, right? ContourNextOne.com. You can hit the button right at the top of the page to see if you're eligible for a free meter. If you're not, you know what I'm saying. Meters are not that expensive. Ask your endo. Say, look, I'm, I'm walking around with this old busted down meter forever. I don't even know how accurate it is. I want to be... uh. I want to be doing the best I can do for myself. 
why don't you get me one of those contour next one blood glucose meters? And your doctor will be like, I like you. You know what you want. Strong and confident. All right, of course we'll do this. And that'll be that. That's how I imagine it going. I don't exactly know how it's going to go. Your doctor might be like, leave me alone. But, I mean, if that's the case, get a new doctor. Anyway, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter has an amazing app that goes along with it. You can use it if you want to. If you don't want to, you're not forced to. But it's amazing. Bluetooth enabled. You check your blood sugar. Shows right up on your app. You can keep good track of more than just your blood sugar. So you, you really have to go check out the meter and the app to find out if it's something that you would really benefit from. But I think it, I think it is. It's available for Apple and Android. So again, go to ContourNextOne.com. Learn all about it. There's this beautiful color coding system for your testing. I love the screen. I love the size. It feels good in my hand, right? It's not too small, not too big. I don't drop it. And the test strip is remarkable. The accuracy is nuts, but you can actually go in and hit a blood drop and miss it a little bit and go back again and not waste a strip, right? Second chance. There is very interesting information at contournext1.com about the accuracy of the meter. But as I read it, I recognize that I am not smart enough to make sense of it and translate it here for you. So you really should go check it out for yourself. All right, contournext1.com, touchedbytype1.org. The links are in your show notes, right there in your podcast player. They're at juiceboxpodcast.com, or you can just type them in yourself. But when you use my links, the advertisers know you came from here. And that I appreciate extra muchly. All right, you ready for Darcy? Darcy isn't even going to tell you why she's on the show for like another 25 minutes. I just love this conversation. It unfolded gently. Any good story unfolds gently. My opinion. Do you have any real like turmoil around the diagnosis at all? Um, I did. It I didn't take it very well the first couple of days I was in the hospital. Um, I had many just kind of meltdowns where I would lock myself in our in the in the hospital room's bathroom with my huge IV tower that I named Cletus, um, and I would just sit on the floor and cry. Um, but it didn't take me very long to adapt to the new lifestyle because I had um, a really good friend who was also type one who ended up visiting me in the hospital. Um, and he, he would just be like, okay, Darcy, you're going to, you know, you're going to sit down at this restaurant. You're going to check your blood sugar. You're going to give yourself that injection. And it's going to be totally normal because that's just something you have to do. And it's not your fault. And having that probably made the whole situation a lot better. I would say, yeah, good friend. So you, so you knew somebody with type one before you were diagnosed? Yes. Do you live in a hotbed of type one diabetes? Is like every other kid type one in your town or is it just a random thing that you knew somebody? Pretty much. Honestly, there, I think there are 12 type one diabetics in my school last year yeah. and my school is really tiny. Are you guys like real close to like an electric line or like, I don't know <laughs> that does it, but like something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you drive past those big electrical lines, there's a house next to it and you think, I don't think I would want to live right underneath of that giant tower of electricity. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I, it, I live in a reasonably small town too. And there are a, a number of kids in Arden's school prior to her being diagnosed 
Uh, and that number is sort of trailed off a little bit now, but there's still a couple mm-hmm. that come every once in a while. It does make you think like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, but, but it's interesting. What's in the water? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's in the water? Um, maybe he, uh, maybe he dosed you with diabetes so he'd have a fr- I'm just kidding. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that to somebody. Um, but it, that's very nice. Your age, somebody you knew before, a real friend, not like a, not like a boyfriend prospect. Um, friendship kind of trailed into something else, but he's in college now. So that kind of trickled off. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice and and good at the same time. Let me tell you the same thing I told my son when he left for college. Better not to go with a girlfriend. Just, you know, (laughs) for you as well. You don't need to be like limiting your happiness to like when, whenever this guy comes home every once in a while. Yeah. That's that's not you. I, I agree. Absolutely. But so you found a real like. Your bond, like your friendship bond, really became deeper around the diabetes. Yeah. And I think the fact that we had already, we already knew each other. So it wasn't like, he was like, oh, you have diabetes? Cool, me too. Let's be friends. Right. We, had other, we had other things in common before my diagnosis. Any chance this kid used your diagnosis with type 1 diabetes to hit on you? Yes or no? Because guys I are really ruthless. hope not. Oh, guys are ruthless. <laughs> he might have been like, finally, I can get with this Darcy girl. And like, I've got like an in. She's probably sitting on the bathroom floor in her hospital. I'll go see her. Right. <laughs> By the way, did you never once when you were on the floor think there's a worse disease on this floor than the one I've just um, got on my own? <laughs> <laughs> well, the floor I was on was specifically for um, kids who had been diagnosed with diabetes. You think they clean that floor better? Darcy, that's I, a long pause. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just I say that you were so distraught. You, of course, you were so distraught, you didn't consider that perhaps you shouldn't <laughs> be sitting on the bathroom floor in a hospital. All right. Like, <laughs> next, next time you're in the hospital, please stay off the floor. I don't care what news they give you. Just, you know, up on your feet, okay? I went to, vis- I, I went to visit my mom in the hospital the other day. She's fine, by the way. Don't worry about her. And I came home <laughs> afterwards, and it was a long day, and I sat on the sofa and went to put my foot on the coffee table, and I stopped myself from that. I was like, I don't know what is on the bottom of my shoe. And so <laughs> I just, I've got you down there in that, like, paper gown, like, with a hole stuck in your arm, crying on the floor. <laughs> All right. And then this kid's like, ooh, I have always wanted to go out with a ginger. And, like, you know, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is it. Anyway, um, it sounds like you're doing better now. Uh, but I think it's also important that that you just had your feelings when it happened. Like your parents didn't try to like pull you out of that bathroom. They just kind of let you be. Yeah, yeah. They were they were always they they understood that I was going to be upset. But there was one point in time where my dad came in and he was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what we have to do. We're all willing to make the lifestyle changes to accommodate for you and your needs. Don't ever think that like this is something that you're going to have to deal with on your own. So they were they were really supportive, but there are definitely a couple of times where I just wanted to be alone sure. because yeah. No, it's good. I think both sides of that sound really amazing. Your dad sounds like a good guy. Do you have other um brothers and sisters? Yes, I have an older brother. Okay. And uh, is he still in the house or is he off of college? He's in college. Do you think that it's possible that whatever's in the water causing everyone's type di- 1 diabetes is also making everybody in your town really nice? It's possible. <laughs> it has a side effect. Maybe it's a nice thing that's 
just a side effect of it. Anyway, you know, there's one conspiracy theorist listening to the show right now. It's like, I knew they could give you type one. (laughs) You really can't people just, it's not how it works. Um, but, but so I, all right, I like this now you, you out of the hospital, you buck in the system immediately, right? Oh, hold on a second. What is Arden saying to me? Oh, okay. Sorry. We're, she had a tiny low and I just asked her how long ago did you eat that candy? And she responded with the very helpful, when you told me, since you told me, was her answer. <laughs> I was looking for more of a time frame, but you know, I'm sure it's fine. Her blood sugar is 74. I think she's going to be okay. Is it going to go up again? Darcy, I wish you could see this. You could help me because you're so good at this. You'd be able to tell me. Um, I'm going to have her have two more of these little candy things. Anyway. Um, so you're, you're out of the hospital. I like immediately your attitude, right? Like this is not, this is what they told me to do, but this is what I want to do. And, and you went right to it. I think that's a, a really interesting look into your, probably your personality and, um, probably, uh, an interesting look into why you're doing so well immediately, because you are really kind of following your nose on this, right? Doing what you think. Yeah. That's yeah. That's excellent. So when do you find the podcast? How do you, how does a 16, a 15 or 16 year old person living like what part of the country? And don't like to tell me the town, but like you sound the Midwest, like, I was going to say you sound Midwestern. And so, um, <laughs> did, you know that, did you know that sounds like something? I've, I've heard that it sounds like something, but I don't believe it. <laughs> it sounds American is what it sounds like. It sounds like, like an average accent. So, um, so you're in the Midwest somewhere, you're, you're out, you're doing your thing. You get to your Omnipods really quickly. When do you find the podcast? Like, how do you find it? We'll say that my mom is just a really good planner. Um, and she's already, you know, getting ready for me to go off to college. And she finds your, the, the, the interview you did with Maddie. Mm -hmm. Um, and then she's like, Hey, Darcy, I found this podcast. And, and, and towards the beginning, I was kind of reluctant, like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to sit and listen about like, listen to a podcast about diabetes for an hour and a half. But then I actually listened to it because my mom knows what she's talking about. Oh, you trust your mom. (laughs) Trust my mom. (laughs) And, um, I listened to your pro tips episode about, um, the CGM and I was like, whoa, this makes a lot of sense. Because at that point in time, I had my Dexcom uh, alert set at 80 and 200. Mm-hmm. And I found myself going over 200 at least once every other day. And then I tightened them to 170, down to 150, 140, 130. Um, and it's it's really made a difference. I don't I, I very, very rarely go over 200 now. Um, homecoming was this weekend, so that there was, there was a bit of a slip up there. But um, we, we um, yeah, we've just been able to manage everything 10 times better. It's, it's so much easier now that we have not only you and Jenny, but you, there, there are other people that you've interviewed that kind of give their two cents on how they manage their diabetes and getting all of these different perspectives on how all of these people manage their diabetes has, has made it honestly more fun to think about, Oh, if I eat this food, how is this going to affect my blood sugar? If I eat this, how fast is my blood sugar going to spike? How far in advance do I need to bolus before I eat this food? 
Darcy, I don't think I can use the Juicebox podcast makes diabetes fun as a tagline because I think it would really <laughs> insult a lot of people and I wouldn't want to do it, but I'm really encouraged that you said it. <laughs> that's, wouldn't that be a t-shirt um, that no one would buy? Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a really, that's really amazing. Like I'm thrilled for you. It's very cool to think that I did something, I had an idea for it and it actually kind of came to fruition halfway across the country for you. Uh, it's very cool. But I also can't imagine what it's like to be 16 years old and have your mom come to you and say, I found a podcast you should listen to. That alone, before you figure out it's diabetes, must have been horrifying. Like, oh my God, my mom's going to try to pick a, a podcast for me to listen to. What could my mom <laughs> possibly know about podcasts? And then it's about <laughs> diabetes. I would have like... I would have run away if I was you. I would have like I didn't let my mom pick anything about my entertainment when I was sixteen. Um, <laughs> why do you think it's entertaining? Is it because I'm terrific, or what is it exactly? Do you? Well, I I definitely think that you are terrific, but um, I've always kind of, at least once I got my Dexcom and my Omnipod, and I had a better handle of what my numbers looked like, you know, in a twenty-four hour span. I, I realized that I wanted to, I wanted to not only take care of myself, but I wanted to understand why I was taking care of myself, how I could take care of myself. And that was something that I was having a little bit harder of a time getting a handle on. But then I start listening to your pro tips about bump and nudge and pre-bolusing and, you know, being bold with insulin. And it just made it a lot easier to grasp and understand this is this is what is going to happen if you do this and this is why it's going to happen so you have a better you have a better shot at accurately predicting what is going to occur when you eat or when you exercise or when you have adrenaline running through you that is definitely my finding so it's very cool that you found it the same way have you been proselytizing to your other myriad of diabetes friends in your diabetes ridden town uh, or um do is it weird to go to another 16 year old and go yo do you want to hear about a podcast about diabetes that i think you would enjoy um i i'm interested like would you tell somebody else or is it sort of like your own thing it's it's kind of right now at least it's my own thing but i recently did an interview with one of my uh, one of the other diabetics in my school and i mentioned it and my dad actually ran into him on the golf course and mentioned it. So I think he's now listening to it. And he said that his he's lowered his Dexcom alerts and he's, um, you know, trying to do a better job of managing his numbers and all that kind of good stuff. Well, thank your father for me. Tell me there, tell him there's no referral program. So, um, I can't <laughs> be sending him a check or anything like that, but I really do appreciate it. And, and no, I really was asking not because I'm expecting you to get off of this and run around town, like ringing, oh, right. ringing a yeah. bell, like yelling, like, you know, bring out your type one diabetes so I can tell you about a podcast. But, <laughs> but, be, but because I was interested in if it felt really private still, like if it was your thing, like, or something that you just wouldn't want to tell someone about. I had an, a conversation yesterday with someone who told me that there's things about their diabetes they don't share with anybody. And it surprised me to a, 
a certain degree. Like, I really thought, like, well, that's strange. Like, even with the people they're closest with, there's stuff about diabetes they just don't share with other people. And I understood while this person was telling me that. I just, for me personally, it seemed strange. And then I realized to them, it seems strange at how sort of open Arden is about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I'm always interested to know like where people fall in that category because I think you're going to have a a more successful psychological like health if you're not hiding things like whatever right is. you know what I mean like if you were running around dyeing your hair black because you don't want people to know you were a redhead I think that would have a like seriously I think that would hurt your soul a little bit and and if what um, soul oh okay I didn't know what part of, <laughs> I didn't realize what part of the Midwest you were in but now I see and, um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like that, like, I don't think it's, it's not healthy to hide who you are. And at the same time, I get it if that's how you feel. So yeah. it was just interesting. I understand that to a certain degree. I mean, whenever I was first diagnosed, I was incredibly embarrassed to have my alarms go off in school. Um, so embarrassed that it would get to the point where I would plug my headphones into my phone. So I wouldn't even hear my alarms go off because I didn't want people to think that I had maybe forgot to turn my ringer off or that I had forgot to put my phone on do not disturb. I just didn't like the fact that my phone was constantly going off in class because at that point I was still kind of getting a handle on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still on MDI right whenever I first got my Dexcom. So I had a lot less control over how much insulin was going into my body and at what point in time it was going into my body. So getting the strange looks uh, from, from people who just don't know, they don't understand, they don't understand how diabetes works and how sometimes you can't control what's going on with your blood sugars. If you have an off day or if you've eaten something that you didn't bolus correctly for and you bottom out and your, your alarms go off. That was something that I was really, I was, I was embarrassed and I didn't want people to think that I was, you know, inconsiderate because my phone was going off in class. But now it's kind of getting to the point where I'm like, well, yep, this is something I deal with. And you know what? I kind of, I have to live with this. You can deal with the alarms going off in class once a week. It's not the worst thing. You make me think about, um, I think last year going into Arden's like freshman year, we have a meeting with the teachers usually where we just sort of explain to them, like, look, you know, Arden doesn't manage her diabetes the way a lot of other kids you may have known who have diabetes do. And, you know, we give them kind of a quick overview. And one of the teachers says, I have a strict no cell phone policy. Everybody comes into the room, puts their cell phone into like a shoe tree on the door. Um, and I said, yeah, Arden can't do that. She's going to keep her phone. And she goes, what will I tell the other kids? And I didn't miss a beat. I said, tell them that they want to get an incurable disease. They can keep their phone with them, too. And you yeah. know, like, and if they don't like, if they don't want to go to that part just to have their phone in their pocket, then tell them to shut shut up and not say anything. Like seriously, when someone comes to you and says this is not fair, literally just look at them and say shut up and sit down. Like, like what do you? Yeah. What are you going to tell them? Like, where did? How has the world turned into a place where everybody gets an explanation for everything all the time? Like, this is the rule, except for her. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. And and right. and and meanwhile, that was never going to happen. Because every Arden's been in the school forever. Everyone knows she has diabetes. Like no one's gonna begrudge her having her phone so that she can see what her blood sugar is. It was just a, yeah. it was a concern that the teacher had that ended up not being an issue at all. And um, I don't know. I just think you should you should always value your health over what anybody thinks. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you came to that on your own too. You really are like a, a perfect kid. So, and we're going to prove that as we continue to talk here, even with something, I don't even think you yet understand why I'm so excited that you're on the podcast though. Plus by not talking about it up front, I'm teasing people out and will listen to the entire hour, right? So, <laughs> you see what I'm doing? Smart. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, people do you think someone right now was like oh and just shut it off they're like i'm not going to be manipulated like that i'm not manipulated <laughs> you just you don't want to like you know you don't you don't want to just sell out in the first couple seconds plus you have an interesting story and you have a really great um perspective and i'll tell you one thing that i really love about your perspective and that i want to talk about now that i've already considered talking about before the reason why i'm very excited that you're coming on is that um you are of a generation that is sort of unlike any other in, in history. Right. And I'll tell, and I'll tell you why. And I'm hoping your generation doesn't fall apart and let us all down when I'm really old because hopefully not. Well, trust me, you probably will, but I hope you don't, because (laughs) if you, if you look at the baby boomers, right, the baby boomers are in charge right now. I don't know if you know what that means. Like it's that after the war, right? Like, you know, we're like, Oh, you're still alive, sex. And then babies and then boom, (laughs) you understand how it goes. You met that guy. And so, um, right. Okay. So that happened. Right. And, and now there is this like, you know, generation of people who were all born around that time who came up the children of, you know, people who had lived through a world war and they kind of came out a little differently, right? They came out a little more relaxed. The the hippie, you know, the hippies were sort of in the sixties, part of those baby boomers. And, and as an onlooker, you know, somebody who was born a number of generations behind them, I thought these are the people who are going to change the world. Right? Like right. they're they're hippies. They saw Hendrix at Woodstock. They're gonna be the ones. Except now look what's going on in the world. They're, they they completely reverted back to being old fogies and just completely stopped they forgot what they learned when they were growing up. Right. And so I don't want that to happen to your generation, but your generation has something I think that no other one has had before. You are treated like your thoughts are important at a young age. And I know that mm-hmm. seems crazy to you. But when I was 13, no one cared what I thought. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the teachers didn't right. care. Um, yeah. You, you know, nobody would have said to me, but Scott seems upset that he can't keep his cell phone when Arden gets the, like, no one would have had that thought, you know? And, right. And so you guys are better educated. You're more emotionally supported. You're, you're, you have a, a, a better feeling about your self-worth. Um, you're more free to be yourself, right? Like we're not busy telling people anymore. If you're gay, don't tell anybody if like nobody says things like that anymore. And, and so you guys are probably the most fully formed young people that the planet has ever seen. Yeah. Right. Do you agree with that? I'd agree with that. I think that especially with having diabetes, I, whatever parts of me weren't as mature, were able to, uh, that we we were able to mature a lot faster just because now I have my own life in my hands, um, as does everyone else. But I think my my life is a lot is a lot more uh, shaky. Um, but I also think that that's also it's also kind of sad that. I mean, my mom talks about all of the things that she did when she was a kid. And she talks about how, you know, in middle school, she would go out in the summers and she would ride her bike around town and she would hang out with all of her friends. And 
and like after, of course, after she did her paper routes, because she was, she, she was really, she was a hard worker anyway. But, and, and I, and I think that now a lot of teenagers are kind of expected to grow up a lot faster. And maybe that's just my opinion, but that's just something I've noticed, at least among my friend group. I agree. And at the same time, by the way, we're doing, I'm doing Arden's lunch while I was talking to you. I apologize, but I heard everything you said. <laughs> I'm so good at this podcast at this point. Like I can literally do the podcast <laughs> and think about something completely different at the same time. Um, Arden is buying lunch for the very first time in her life today. And it's weird. Wow. She has never bought lunch at school. So we did a, uh, we did a 30, um, we did a six. Let me let me think here. Thirty carbs, six, twelve, eighteen, twelve. 18. We did a five unit pre bolus right now, and then she's gonna actually tell me what she got, and then I'm gonna try to help her figure out how many carbs are in it because she doesn't know and I don't know either. Um. Anyway, that'll be in a second. I agree with you, and I don't agree with you all at the same time. So yeah. I know your mom had this like laissez faire life, right? Where she was just like, "I'm young, no one expects anything from me." And so if I have a paper route and then go play with dolls for all day or go to my friend's house and pet her dog for six hours because we don't have a <laughs> cell phone and I don't know what else to do, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like then, um, hold on a second. And, um, you know, if I'm just going to have her go a little more. So that was the life, right? Like, like it was easy. You just, your, your expectation was don't draw on the walls don't cause me any problems. Listen to me when I talk to you, you know, like don't make me chase you around the town at the end of the night when it gets dark. Like right. I, I get that. Like, but you didn't learn anything about the world either. You just were out there like, you know, figuring out how not to like let the creepy guy up the street, see you on your bike and you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> like I, it, that there were lessons in there, but I also think that when you look back, when you're 30, you don't really remember all of that in the same way that you think you do. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like memories are really interesting. They don't, you'll have a few that are really strong. You'll have a couple that are really enduring that um, mean something to you. And then the rest of those hours are just gone. You, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't, it's not like you're drawing on them every five seconds. You guys are doing stuff like you're learning things and you know, you're, you're probably in a math, right? What do you take right now? I don't even know if you're a good student or not, but what math class are you in? <laughs> I'm in an honors algebra two class. Exactly. There are people listening right now who are like, oh, I took that in college, you, you know, like, right? Like, seriously. Or I, I never took that till I was a senior or, or, you know, or there are people listening right now that are laughing going, Scott, I never took algebra two once in my life, let alone an honors <laughs> class. So you guys are, you're advanced in that way. There's mm -hmm. no, no real way to know what that's going to provide for you 20 years from now yet. Cause we haven't really seen a number of generations do this yet. Um, right. I was sitting at lunch with someone this week who I hadn't seen in a while. And they said to me, you know, how's Cole? And I was like, oh, he's good. You know, blah, blah. He's at college and you know, that kind of stuff. And he goes, so what's he majoring in? And I said, oh, he's a quantitative economics major. And the guy looked at me like, well, what does that mean? And I had to say to him, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's really good at math and he likes it. And so I don't think that if I would have raised Cole 40 years ago, he'd be a quantitative economics major right now. I don't think that would even be something that might, you know, exist at a, at a school. 
So I'm, I like both sides of it. I also think that you're going to make better decisions moving forward because you're a more fully formed person. Like I think someone like you is less likely to do something incredibly stupid, like with recreational drugs when you're 19, because you actually think about things. You, you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything's not, I mean, how you morphed from the girl crying on the dirty bathroom floor to who you <laughs> are now is astonishing. Like it really is. Thank you. No, no, no. You're very welcome. But I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Like I'm not hearing anything in you that's like, oh, she's pretending to be together or, you know, like, <laughs> you know right, right now she's just looking at her heroin needle waiting to get off the podcast. Like, 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 that don't see anything. <laughs> like you really seem okay. You know what I mean? And so, and so that is, that's real. And you live in the Midwest and you're not doing meth. I don't know. They, they, they tell me. It's that, a they miracle. Tell, they tell me in the news that's a miracle. So uh, I only know what I see on the news. Anyway, um, pretty way, accurate. I, I, you know what? I, I, I really I have to stop joking around like this because sometimes people get upset. <laughs> I don't think everybody in the Midwest is doing meth. Um, please, I'm sorry. Just trying to joke around with a 16 year old. I'm trying to keep up with a with a with a person who's got an advanced idea of the world. Do you know how many? 60 second videos this girl's watched in her life. She knows more about the world than you ever will, right? <laughs> Isn't your life just like scrolling through Instagram, watching everyone else live 45 seconds at a time? Um, that's a good chunk of it. Um, <laughs> that's a good chunk. Yes, Scott, that's a large chunk of my life, actually. Um, I've seen everybody who's ever jumped off a roof of their building into the uh, a swimming pool and hit their head. I know, exactly. I know everybody who's ever danced awkwardly in front of someone. Uh, I've yes. seen every Russian traffic cam accident in the world. Um, <laughs> why does everyone in Russia have a traffic cam on their dashboard, by the way? <laughs> like, what are they expecting? To, well, maybe I don't want to know what they're expecting to have happen. But anyway, they they really think something bad's going to go down, and they want everything on video. Um, but yeah, you're you're you see more, you know more. There's no real way to keep anything from you. Like, right. That's that's an interesting part about about parenting young people now is that you can say mm -hmm. to yourself, I'm going to make sure they don't find out about this. You're not making sure anybody doesn't find out about anything. Right. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's a horrible thing because, I mean, there are definitely aspects of Twitter that I never want to be a part of. But it's so easy to come across like all of these people who are either really hateful or just stupid. Mm -hmm. And so you're either you're either able to base your own opinions off of the information that you're obtaining from the media or you're, you know, being informed of things that either aren't even real or aren't a hundred percent valid. Yeah. I mean, to your point, like somebody, I saw some, a post the other day where a guy was just like, just remember when you're judging yourself against somebody's Instagram picture, that was the thirteenth time they took it, they until they could get themselves looking just that right, you, you know. And and don't judge yourself against what somebody throws up on Instagram or, you know. I, can I ask you, how frequently as a sixteen-year-old, and you're delightful, you seem like a really nice kid. So, how often do you see something on your phone that you think, oh, I wish I hadn't saw that? Um, I'm pretty good at guarding myself from the things that I don't want to see. Um. But there, there are definitely times where I'll see something about something that's going on in the world 
that I might not agree with. And I'll be like, oh, I really wish that I didn't see that because now I'm upset about it. Yeah, because it makes you feel like you can't help, right? Makes you feel helpless. Right. I understand. I was thinking more about like some sexy thing where you were like, oh, I wanted to do that with another person, not see it on my phone. But um, I'm assuming that happens too, right? Like, where you, and don't you have to, your mom knows that you have a phone. It's okay. She understands. Uh, but <laughs> I, I really didn't think about the fact that your mom's going to listen to this when I when I asked you that yeah. question. Yeah, I apologize now. No, um, it's okay. It's <laughs> so, okay. Okay, so the reason you're on the podcast is because you did something that I really appreciated uh, for a bigger reason than just you and me. So I really, and I say it here a lot, and I, I don't know how much people believe me or not, but I have a goal, right? I don't know if it's a pie in the sky, it's something I'm never really going to obtain, but... I would like very much that when I die, I would like somebody who has diabetes who I've never met before to show up at my funeral and say, that guy helped me live a healthier life. Like that's like, I want that to spread. Right. And I don't think it's something that I can spread by myself. I'm doing a pretty good job, but I mm -hmm. think it's going to take people telling people. And more importantly, it's going to take people going back to their healthcare providers and being honest with them about what they're doing. And so right. I am really interested in your last appointment where you went in and got your A1C. Do you, would you share it with me? Yeah. Um, so I went in for my quarterly appointment to my endocrinologist's office. Um, you know, they weighed me and then they did the A1C test and my mom and I are patiently waiting in the room thinking, Oh, is my A1C going to go up? Is it going to go down? Is it going to stay the same? What's happening? And so my endocrinologist walks in and he goes, well, good news. My, uh, your A1C is 5.6. Um, and so my mom are, you know, throwing air high fives at each other. Um, because I, I thought that it was going to go up, but it had stayed the same. So he then starts giving us what my mom and I like to call the low lecture mm -hmm. saying, you know, an A1C is uh, 5.6 is, is really good just as long as we're not experiencing that many lows and we want to make sure that we're staying above 70 and that we're not, you know, dropping into any dangerous, you know, dangerous water where, you know, glucagon might come into the picture or something like that. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm really having that many lows. And he goes, okay, how often do you think you're having lows? And I was like, oh, maybe, I mean, maybe once every other day, if that. But I mean, at that point, they were like maybe dropping as low as like 65. But that's, I would catch it by the time I would, I would drop that low. Right. And I'd get back up to 75, 80. And then he looks down at my Dexcom Clarity um, graph. And, and he, he's like, wait you were only above 200 once last week. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I typically, I don't, I don't jump over 200 very often. I wasn't really phased by, by it. And I didn't understand that he was shocked by it. I just kind of was like, yeah, that's something that's, that's going on. And then he looks down again and he notices that I hadn't been low either that I had stayed right in between 70 and 130 pretty much consistently that week. And whether that was just a really good week or that's what my numbers run consistently, I'm not a hundred percent sure of, but he was just amazed by it. And he started to ask me how I did it. And I was like, well, I listened to this podcast um, that my mom found and 
uh, I started going into how I had learned about pre-bolusing and temporary basils and adjusting my basal rates and how fats affect your blood sugar, how it can prolong a high blood sugar and how um, adrenaline can affect your blood sugar because I had no idea that adrenaline adrenaline could affect your blood sugar. I didn't know that an extended bolus could help with, you know, like bringing down a high after eating half a half a pizza by yourself. Like I I didn't know about that kind of stuff until I'd listened to the podcast. Um and he starts going through my my Omnipod um my Omnipod basal records and I have four or five different basal options and I have some kind of crazy complicated different like timed out schedule of when I'm getting 0.2 units of insulin then when I switch to 0.3 then 0.35 then 0.25 and he's like well I never really thought about making something this complicated and I was like well this is just what works for me and he's like yeah no absolutely if this works for you go for it then he goes what kind of marks do you get in school And I said, well, I'm not too good at math. And of course, my mom backs me up because she's, she's, (laughs) she's, she's really encouraging. She's a big dummy doctor. (laughs) (laughs) No, she goes, she goes, well, she's in an accelerated math course. And he goes, what do you want to do when you're, when you get older? And I said, well, I, I'd really like to be a musician because that's, that's what I do. I'm, I'm a musician. That's how I spend a lot of my time. I write music and record music and I have an EP that I just released. Um, and I also said, I've also kind of looked at becoming a diabetes nurse educator, but that's not really something I'm a hundred percent set on. Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, what about pediatric endocrinology? And I was like, what? Huh? You actually, you actually think that I could do that? And then I remembered if you want to become a pediatric endocrinologist, you have to take organic chemistry. So I won't be doing that. <laughs> which is not a class that I have any desire to take. So I I pretty much shut that one down real quick. And he's like, well, you're a junior, right? Yeah, I'm a junior. So I've got, what, a year and a half to change your mind? And and hearing that was was just really interesting and kind of shocking because I never thought that someone would you know who was whose whose job was to you know learn more about how to manage diabetes because he spends most of his time in the research um the research labs um who's you know learning all of these things and researching all of these ways to make diabetes easier to live with and he is now complimenting me on how I take care of myself and I've only had diabetes for 11 months. So that in and of itself was kind of eye opening because I didn't realize how good I was at taking care of myself until he had said that. That's really cool. And it's also a good indication of how, uh, what he must see with other people too. Right. Right. That you were, he was just like, wait, 
you know, obviously I, you know, I have to tell you about what happens when you get low and, you know, your blood sugar bounces all over the place and you get this false A1C and I have to tell you it's good even though it's not. But, and then he looks yeah. at me like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Well, you know, first of all, congratulations. It's very cool to feel yeah. like you, you know, to have that feeling, I would imagine. I, I remember the first time I felt that way in an endocrinologist's office for Arden and I was like, oh, I did it. It took me, <laughs> it took me years, but, um, you know, like it was, it was an amazing feeling like oh, I actually persevered and got to this. Your perseverance lasted a little less, but you know, you, you still had the, <laughs> and, and you're going to see what I think is that there could be people listening right now. They're like, Oh yeah, but sure. She's going to need more insulin six months from now and she'll see. But what they don't know is your tools will work at any level. Like you're, right. you're going to be able to put these same ideas into practice when you know, other things happen. Like you're 16, you, you know, you get your period, right? You're controlling it during that time too. You're not right. like, you're not like falling apart for like a week and then pulling it back together. Hold on one second. Arden says, I got fries. I didn't see your last text. Hmm. All right. What do I ask her here? Darcy, is it a lot of fries? A lot of fries? Question mark. Um, Poor Arden. She's just like, she does not know how to buy food from like school. She has tried so <laughs> hard not to do this her whole life. Um, and then today we just left the house too late to get her a lunch. And she's like, I'll just buy something. And I was like, are you going to buy like a real meal? And she's like, I'll take care of it, dad. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Didn't realize that that meant fries, you know. Um, like a large at... trying to like think of a, a fry size that she's aware of from like another place. Do you have to go right away? Or are you going to be okay talking for a little bit? No. Yeah, we're good. Why are you off by the way today? Isn't it Tuesday? Yeah, it is Tuesday. Um, I have anatomy right now and we're doing our endocrine unit. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, uh, I managed to weasel my way out of that class with an excused absence because I was doing, I this? was probably, I was doing this and I was probably set on, <laughs> I was probably set on all of the information that I was going to be taught that day. Darcy, I feel like I'm a really big part of your life. <laughs> I got you out of anatomy class. I, is the reason I think <laughs> it's a, it's a big part. Um, I've never gotten anybody out of out of school before, but I'm very proud of myself just now that it's you're the first time for everything. This is really it. Um, so you know your amazing experience at, at the doctor's office, which I love how like impactful it was for you. But I also love that you just were like, "Yo, I found a podcast." You didn't like lie to him or say, "Oh, what I've been." You didn't leave it out. Admit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did he say? Did he like gloss over that or? Was there any like pushback that it was a podcast? I always try to imagine you guys in your uh, like your doctor's offices telling somebody, "Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that on a podcast," because it sounds ridiculous. It might not to you because you're young, like, but like I guess it would sound more reasonable to if you were like, "Oh, I saw it on YouTube." Like that might sound more like youthful than podcast even. But um, but for most I for most part, I just always am trying to imagine what that must be like for someone who says it in there. Like, did you? swallow the words a little bit or were you just like right out with it? Well, um, I was pretty straightforward because at that point I felt like he was just kind of like, how did you do this? Not like he had never seen it before, but right. I think he just sees it so rarely that he was kind of surprised. Um, 
And I was like, well, I found this podcast. And he was like, oh, okay. That was it? What a horrible dog. I mean, he, d- he didn't, he didn't <laughs> really, kidding. he didn't say anything like, oh, you shouldn't be getting information from a podcast. Right. But it was, I think he, he might have said something about it if my numbers had been, you know, all out of whack. Yeah. Your A1C was 13. You're like, how'd this happen? My A1C I was 13. A I was... <laughs> this podcast told me... This podcast told me... I feel like Stop I'm using insulin. Yeah. He said, eat okra. It'll be fine. You don't need your insulin. Um, cinnamon. Cin- I'm telling you, yes, cinnamon. Right, exactly. So, first of all, I don't tell anybody to do anything, Darcy. These are my own experiences. Right. And nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should ever be considered advice. But the point is, is that it... It's cool that you that you said something to him, and it's cool that you have the tools. I mean, really seriously, this you are like a, a shining example example of my assertion that if you get good information and get good good tools early on, that there is no necessity for you to go through the horrible parts that you hear people going through when they're right, learning absolutely. to use insulin. Um, and you were open to hearing it right away. And so it got to, now it's interesting because I'm joking around taking credit, which, you know, I am kidding. You're doing all the work, you, you know, like you seriously, <laughs> seriously, like you heard something and you're putting it into practice. I'm not, I'm not there making sure you do it. It's you, but you seem like you're the type of person who would want to be healthy. Then you've got this friend that comes in that kind of has your back early on, which is helpful. Then your mom goes out and helps you. And you have a trust in your mom, so you listen to her when she helps you. Yes, all the time. I know that's not true. You're just saying that. I'm just going to hear this, but that's fine. Let her think that. Uh, she listens to you all the time, mom. She's really a probably the best daughter ever. And um, but but seriously, like you've had all these little like 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 helping hand moments along the way, even in this kind of short period of time, that have all directed you to a good place. Right. And, you know, and it's it's incredibly. It's incredibly encouraging to hear you talk about it. And at the same time, you have to understand other people listening have to understand that there are plenty of people who didn't get that. Like they didn't have a friend show up at the hospital and be like, it's okay. And they might have had a mom who was like, you should sprinkle cinnamon on that. I saw it on uh, my website about my essential oils. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It could have gone the wrong way for them. By the way, anybody who listens that uses essential oils, please don't be mad at me. I just, it seems silly to me, but that's fine. (laughs) And so, but I'm just saying like you, you got good information along good fence posts. Like, you know, like every time you came across something, somebody was there to kind of get your dad comes in and says, Hey, listen, we'll do whatever we have to do to make this right for you. And that's, that's important to know that people have your back. Yeah. That's really cool. It really is. Yeah, I'm really grateful for all of the help that everyone around me has given. It really means it it means a lot more than they than they know it does. No, no, I trust me. Um, they'll figure it out along the way, or you'll find a way to tell them if uh, if that if that becomes an issue where they're like, I don't think she really appreciates this enough, which I'm not thinking is going to happen. But um, did your uh, I never did ask you. Is there any diabetes in your family? Um. Funny story. I didn't know that there is any any diabetes in my family until my diagnosis. I have a great uncle who died when my dad was like seven, who apparently had type one, but I had no clue. And, you know, it never really, you know, we never really thought about it because 
we never knew, like no one in my family really knew him. Yeah. So. Maybe it's just, it was an older man when your father was, was very young. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he had type one. How about that? Mm-hmm. See? So it's, it's there. Did he have red hair too? I don't think he did. I think he was blonde. I, I don't, I just, it means nothing. I just, this is like my, yeah. it's like my conspiracy theory episode. <laughs> I'm just like, it's in the water. What color? I don't know hair? where the red hair came from. <laughs> Are you the only redhead? I have a couple cousins who are who have red hair, mm-hmm. but I don't know if anyone in my family beyond that has red hair. What's the biggest impediment of having red hair? Is that you can't wear green? Which is, what is it? Like what is like the one thing that you're like, oh, if my hair wasn't red, I could. I actually wear green all the time. All right, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I look like it kind of. It's kind of a Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I like Christmas. It's a Christmas um, theme. It's a Christmas theme. <laughs> Christmas in <laughs> July. No. Um. Is there, a, is there a downside or do you not think of it? I don't wear hot pink. Just too clashy? Too clashy. Right. So in a world where your hair was darker, you might have on hot pink once or twice a year. And this is right. and you're being held back by this. Right. Absolutely. I think, I think this deserves its own movement. Um, yeah. It really, it really does. I think you could start up a, a nice thing on social media and get all other redheads behind you. Uh, and really, Great. really become a force in the world. So do you have to I'll get right to, on that. Do you, do you have to go back to school? Uh yeah, eventually. <laughs> See, I painted you to be a good kid and now you're acting like, yeah, if I get there, um I I'm will. Skip- <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> your did your mom um shared this story about your your endo appointment on mm-hmm. um the private sort of Facebook page that I have for the podcast where listeners get together and talk about, you know, it's a lot about management stuff and you know, right. they talk to each other about that. Are you in there too? I'm not. Okay. Is that not, so, and, and I don't, not, I don't mean to say that you should be. I mean to say like, is that not how you need to talk about diabetes? Like, or do you not need to talk about it all? Does the podcast provide you enough like community around it or the people you know privately or where do you get your community from it? I, um, I follow a couple of type one accounts on Instagram and they give pretty good insight of how they deal with their things. It's not really, there's, it's, there's not as much discussion that goes on, but it's easy to look at. This is a certain person. This is what they did. This is what happened. This is what they're going to do in the future to fix it. Um, you can kind of infer from what you see there. Right. And I've actually, I've, I'm hoping to, to start acting as kind of an advocate for that and, and not in the sense of social media, but I, um, at the endocrinologist appointment, he mentioned something called the patient advocate, uh, program, which is a newer program that's being started up where families or individuals who, um, are either recently diagnosed or just having a harder time managing their, their diabetes can get in contact with the advocates, um, and hopefully uh, kind of learn how to manage their diabetes better or or learn different, you know, tricks as to how pre-bolusing works, how to, you know, extend a bolus, how to, um, how to catch a low, how to correct a high. So that's something I'm really excited to be a part of. And that's through your, your doctor's office or your hospital? Yes. Yeah. It's for, it's through the hospital. That's nice. That's it's excellent. And so you can have your own private little podcast with people who you're on the phone with. 
which is amazing. By the way, you're going to find that that helps you too. Because the podcast helps me. Like when I explain things, there are times when I say something. Most of the time you're hearing me say something that's like tried and true and stuff I've been doing forever. But every once in a while, like I'll find a different way to say it. And as I'm saying it out loud, I think, oh, that's good. And you know, like I've never heard it before in my life. And so you, you, it's an idea I'm having right then and there in that moment. And that's very, that's a cool part about helping other people is that you can, you'll learn stuff about your own diabetes as well. So I learn stuff for Arden all the time talking to other people, which is, uh, which is very cool. I, that is uh, cool. Yeah, it's excellent. Were you actually excited to do this? Your mom said you were, and I thought you were probably, she was lying. Um, she actually, she walked into my room the day after my endocrinologist appointment was, which was also two days after I had met, um, like my huge, like celebrity idol. So I was just really, I was really on a high from all of that. And then she walks in and she goes, Scott Benner just gave you an open invitation to be on the show. And I was like, what? She's like, you can be on the juice box podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to be on the juice box podcast. And she was like, yeah. And I was just kind of like, huh, this is, this is crazy. Like best week of my life. You're kidding. I'm glad for you. I'm really glad that that's the case. Who was, who's the famous person you met that was your. His name's Noah Khan. He's a musician from Stratford, Vermont. Gotcha. All right, hold on a second. Noah Khan, like K-A-H-N? K-A-H-A-N. H-A-N. I see him. And what kind of music does he play? Um, that's a great question. I don't know if I could actually give you an exact genre without okay. other musicians that listen to this podcast yelling at me for being wrong i'll check it out but <laughs> and so and the other thing you just said was that you just released an ep i did release an ep where would i find this at i did not know this about you I'm you can find you can find it anywhere you can find it on apple music spotify youtube pandora amazon music are you the singer the songwriter or a musician do you have a band is it just you I, if right now it's just me, um, I'm singer songwriter. Um, my dad took me up to, uh, New York this winter and I recorded the EP and a couple months later I released it. Well, so if I'm on Apple music, which I am, I, I search yeah. Darcy, what? Uh, fake. The word fake. All right. I've hit return. Why is nothing happening? I've hit return again. Why does my computer not like me? Do you think it's for the same reason that people who leave nasty messages about me are online don't like me? <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> oh wait, no, wait, I know why. Because I'm not searching under music. Hold on a second. Somebody told me recently, a friend of mine who does a lot of good work in the diabetes world, said I had someone come up to me and say, have you ever heard of Scott from the Juice Box podcast? And she's like, yeah, Scott's a good friend of mine. And she's like, I love that podcast. I don't like him that much, though. And um, oh. <laughs> so my friend said, <laughs> she said, well, I'm, I'm glad you like the podcast. <laughs> and uh, and she says, let me let me just say to you, I, I bet that uh, I bet you do like Scott. You just don't know it. And I said to my wife later, I'm like, I think that's half of the people who know me. I think half of the people like me and half of the people think they don't like me. That's, there's my narcissism coming. I think you all like me, even the ones of you that don't think you do. Why can I not search on Apple Music? Hold on. I'm getting upset. 
All right, hold on a second, Darcy. Oh, look, it's you. Yeah, it's me. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. People have reviewed this, and they much better than they've reviewed my podcast. And <laughs> people, this girl is so talented. Oh my god, everyone should buy this album. All right. So can I? Can you give me um, permission to play something on the podcast? Go for it. All right, which one should I play? You should play Poison. Okay. Unplugged or the original? The original. Okay. So I'm. I am going to put it at the end of the podcast. So when people are done, they can listen. Not the whole thing. They got to go buy Great. it if they want the whole thing. They got to go buy it. Yeah. yeah. Go stream it. Yeah, exactly. We'll give them a little, uh, a little taste. So Great. Thank you. No, that was such a nice surprise. I had no idea. Um, right now, there's cynical people going, he knew. This is, this is, <laughs> this is all set up. But it's not. <laughs> it's I, all... I, Darcy knows. I don't plan anything. Right, Darcy? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Listen, you're terrific. I think you know that. Thank you. I'm glad your parents aren't day drinkers. That's a nice thing too. Um, and I, I don't know why I thought that. Like when when a when a kid says to me, "I've taken like control of my life really early," I think either "Wow, really together, kid," or "Wow, really don't trust their parents." <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're just like, "There's no way these people are going to be able to help me. I've got to get on this right away." And I, I obviously that's neither of those things. You have a, a lovely family, and uh, and. I think you're off to a really great start with diabetes, which is... Um, Thank you. No, no, no. It's really something that uh, is unexpected and exciting. Like, I can't wait to hear. Like, I, there's part of me that wants to say to you, like, in like a year, like, do this again. Come back on again and tell me how it's going. Like, maybe right before I would love to. Or something like that. All right, listen. Go back to school. You're a derelict. Okay? <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. I can't thank Darcy enough for coming on the show or her mom for reaching out and saying, would my daughter be allowed to come on the podcast? She was terrific. Thanks again to the, and I also want to thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter and Touched by Type 1. You can go to touchedbytype1.org or contournextone.com to find out more about the advertisers, the people who brought you today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast. And now here's a few seconds of Darcy's EP. You can find it, of course, on Apple Podcasts and everywhere that she mentioned.